0: Hi, I'm Charlie Chen. Today's podcast is the fourth and final episode in our four-part series on media and popular culture. Today we will be discussing a very interesting question. Who knows you better, Google or your next-door neighbor? You might be very surprised at the answer. we continue, I would like to acknowledge that this podcast is being recorded on the ancestral and unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and tsleil Nations. Looking back in history, your friends were your neighbours. People living on adjacent farms would stop by for a nice cup of tea and when you went to church, you would see all the people in your community and know all of them and what was going on with them. Before there were any modern communication devices, the people physically around you made up your social circle. There wasn't really any option for it to be otherwise. telephones became widespread and people became able to communicate across long distances, relationships mostly stayed in the physical space around people as phone calls were expensive so time talking to people far away would never be for very long. Long distance relationships did exist, but mostly through letter writing and perhaps the occasional phone call. In essence, One could dedicate some time to interacting with someone else physically far away from them, but this would only ever be a small segment of their lives, and most of their relationships continued to be with the people physically closest to them. When the internet and email became more widespread in the early 1990s, people were suddenly able to communicate more quickly and easily with anyone anywhere. Phone calls became cheaper, and it became possible to maintain a broader social circle with people physically distant from you. The other critical thing that happened in the 1990s was that on September 4, 1998, Google was founded by Larry Page and Sergey Brin, two students at Stanford University in California. In the 24 years since then, Google has become the most used web-based search engine around the world. According to Google, it handles 3.8 million searches per minute on average across the globe, which equates to 228 million searches per hour, 5.6 billion searches per day, or 2 trillion searches per year. Google has become the superpower media company with not only Google, but also Gmail, Google Chrome, Google Maps, and Google News. Something to remember is that we don't pay to use these online services, and yet the Google parent company Alphabet had an annual revenue in 2021 of $257 billion. So how did they make all this money? The answer is data, and in particular, personal data. According to a 2018 article entitled, What Does Google Know About You?, Google and other tech giants must accumulate massive amounts of personal data to monetize its services, and in the process, the company develops an astonishingly robust picture of what we're all about. Some of the things Google knows about you. It knows who you are, including what you look like, what you sound like, how healthy you are, and if you have children. It knows everywhere you've ever been, including where you live, where you work, and where you've traveled. It knows who your friends are, who you talk to, who you email, where you meet them, and even what you talk about. It knows your personal preferences for food, books, movies, videos, and stores. It even knows your future plans, like upcoming trips, what you're thinking about buying, where you want to travel, and if you're thinking about having kids. It knows every single detail of your online life, including every website you've ever visited, your bookmark pages, and every tab you have open in your browser. I think the bigger question is, what doesn't Google know about you? The reality is, since the creation of online places, people have been shifting away from face-to-face relationships and contacts in physical neighborhoods to doing much of their socializing online. There are many reasons why people prefer being online to being in the company of neighbors and even friends. Relationships in online places offer several distinct advantages over face-to-face relationships. First of all, online users can interact with any other user in the world so geographical location ceases to be a barrier to interaction. Instead of being restricted to social relationships with your neighbors or co-workers, being online means you can meet up with anyone in the world. This facilitates people with common interests being able to enjoy those together. In addition, because of all of the modes of being able to send and receive information, Online relationships can be even more in-depth than face-to-face relationships because you can bring the other person with you over text, voice, or video. We no longer prioritize face-to-face relationships. The opposite is now true. Often, the majority of someone's significant relationships are now strictly virtual. This changing culture that is moving relationships away from physical neighborhoods to online places is not without its downsides. First of all, when the majority of a person's social interaction happens online, an unintended consequence is that people can suffer from isolation and depression. Humans are social beings, and while we might like socializing online for all its convenience and benefits, in order to be healthy, we need to have face-to-face relationships with people and not spend too much time alone. Another potential downside is that people are more susceptible in online relationships to fraud, cyberbullying, and general misrepresentation. Take dating apps as an example. Lots of people post fake photos of themselves, and when they start chatting with other people, they can just make up anything they want about themselves. There are lots of horror stories about people going to meet up in real life after meeting online, and being shocked to find that the person was entirely not who they thought it was going to be. I think this discussion of online versus in-person relationships is particularly timely as we emerge from the COVID-19 pandemic. For the last two years, we have been encouraged, even forced, to only interact with people online. Anyone who could shifted to working from home and students shifted to virtual learning. It was a matter of law that we couldn't interact with other people for fear of spreading the COVID-19 virus. Now that the situation has improved a lot, I think a lot of people are reevaluating the types of relationships they have in their lives, and many people have now personally experienced the downsides of not having strong face-to-face relationships with people. A BBC article from February 2021 entitled, Why We May Have to Relearn to Socialise, discusses how some people are finding it very hard to socialise in person again after such long periods of isolation during the pandemic. For people who prefer to socialize online before the pandemic and then forced to only socialize online during the pandemic, recreating face-to-face relationships can be a significant challenge. Fear of the virus is one component, but another component is feeling socially awkward after years of not practicing social interaction and not having the typical gestures like handshakes or hugs to fall back on. our question, who knows you better, Google or your next door neighbor? The answer is, most likely, Google. Google knows pretty much everything about you. You may know your neighbor, and even be friends with them, but there is very little chance that even a good friend would know as much about you as Google does. For better or for worse, virtual socializing is here to stay. The way people socialize changed significantly when people started spending more time online and then even more when media sites, including Google, took off and became a daily staple for billions around the world. Events like COVID-19 also have had an effect on the way we socialize, but I think that as we emerge from the pandemic, more and more people will put new value into socializing face to face, and saying hello to their neighbors. that brings me to the end of our podcast. I hope you have enjoyed this series on media and popular culture. Media and popular culture have a profound impact on the daily lives of most people, and in order to become educated and engaged citizens, we need to constantly question what we hear, read, and view. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Bye!